Good afternoon. Today is Saturday, March 14th, 2020. This is Caleb Arn with the Walk with God podcast, and today we're going to be reading from Psalm 57, Numbers 21 through 22, verse 20, Proverbs 11, verses 9 and 11, and Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 56. Before we get started, let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for this truth, for your word, and for your love. Help us to know that you have saved our souls, that you are guiding and helping us to grow. Please help us to grow in your word and in the, in the understanding of your scriptures. God, please speak to our hearts with your spirit. Help us to take your message from the word today that you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, Psalm 57. To the chief musician, Altas Keith. Miktam of David, when he fled from Saul in the cave. And it says, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge, until these calamities be overpassed. I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven, and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me, into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. Selah. My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee from among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens, and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Here's an amazing, uh, wonderful praise psalm of David that starts out with his prayer and supplication to the Lord for him to be merciful unto him and that because his soul trusts in him and because of the state of uh, the things that he is going through during when men are trying to reproach him, when his soul, he says, even feels like it's among lions, that his soul, that his life feels like it's in peril, that he's about to be devoured, but he's trusting in the Lord the God who is above the heavens, whose glory is above all the earth. My heart is fixed, O God, on you, it's saying. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my soul. Awake up, psaltery and harp. I, will, I myself will awake early, and I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. And I will sing because of that praise, because of your great salvation, because of your glory that is above all the earth. Now we're going to turn to the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 21. I'm going to read through 2220 today. And it says, And when King Arad the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard tell that Israel came by way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord, and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into mine hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel, and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities, and called the name of that place Hormah. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses, Wherefore have ye brought us? Out, up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. 
And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass, that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass, that if a, man ser if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. And the children of Israel sent forward, and pitched in Oboth. And they journeyed from Oboth, and pitched at Ejeabarim, in the wilderness which is before Moab, toward the sun rising. From thence they removed, and pitched in the valley of Zered. From thence they removed, and pitched on the other side of Arnon, which is in the wilderness that cometh out of the coasts of the Amorites. For Arnon is the border of Moab, between Moab and the Amorites. Wherefore it is said in the book of the wars of the Lord, what he did in the Red Sea, and in the brooks of Arnon, and at the stream of the brooks that goeth down to the dwelling of Ar, and lieth upon the border of Moab. And from thence they went to Beer, that is the well whereof the Lord spake unto Moses, Gather the people together, and I will give them water. Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. The princes digged the well, the nobles of the people digged it, by the direction of the lawgiver, with their staves, and from the wilderness they went to Matana, and from Matana to Nahalael, and from Nahalael to Bamoth, and from Bamoth in the valley that is in the country of Moab, to the top of Pisgah, which looketh toward Jeshimon. And Israel sent messengers unto Sion, king of the Amorites, saying, let me pass through thy land. We will not turn into the fields or into the vineyards. We will not drink of the waters of the well, but we will go along by the king's highway until we be past thy borders. And Sion would not suffer Israel to pass through his border, but Sion gathered all his people together and went out against Israel into the wilderness. And he came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. And Israel smote him with the edge of the sword and possessed his land from Arnon unto Jabok, even unto the children of Ammon, for the border of the children of Ammon was strong. And Israel took all these cities, and Israel dwelt in all the cities of the Amorites, in Heshbon and in all the villages thereof. For Heshbon was the city of Sion, the king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab, and taken all his land out of his hand, even unto Arnon. Wherefore they that speak in Proverbs say, Come into Heshbon, let the city of Sion be built and prepared. For there is a fire gone out of Heshbon, a flame from the city of Sion. It hath consumed Ar of Moab and the lords of the high places of Arnon. Woe to thee, Moab! Thou art undone, O people of Chemosh! He hath given his sons that escaped and his daughters into captivity unto Sion, king of the Amorites. We have shot at them. Heshbon is perished even unto Dibon. And we have laid them waste even unto Nophah, which reacheth unto Medeba. Thus Israel dwelt in the land of the Amorites. And Moses sent to spy out Jaazir, and they took the villages thereof, and drove out the Amorites that were there. And they turned, and went up by the way of Bashan, and Og, the king of Bashan, went out against them, he and all his people, to the battle of Edrayeh. And the Lord said unto Moses, Fear him not, for I have delivered him into thy hand, and all his people, and his land, and thou shalt do to him as thou didst unto Sion, king of the Amorites, which dwelt at Heshbon. So they smote him, and his sons, and all his people, until there was none left him alive, and they possessed his land. Chapter 22 And the children of Israel set forward, and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side Jordan by Jericho. And Balak the son of Zephor, 
saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was sore afraid of the people, because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at that time. He sent messengers therefore unto Balaam the son of Beor to Pethor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I what, that he whom thou blessest is blessed, and he whom thou cursest is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. And they came unto Balaam, and they spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. And God came unto Balaam, and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, hath sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt, which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them, peradventure I shall be able to overcome them, and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. And Balaam rose up in the morning, and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose up, and they went unto Balak, and said, Balaam refuseth to come with us. And Balak sent yet again princes, more and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam, and said to him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now therefore I pray you, tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. And God came unto Balaam that night, and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up, and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. Now here in Numbers chapter 21 and chapter 22, Israel is traveling from Mount Hor, where they had just buried Aaron. And they're coming through this land, and around the land of Canaan. And one of the kings... King Arad, the Canaanite, which dwelt in that, that area, kidnapped some of the people and fought against them, took some of their prisoner. And Israel prays unto the Lord and vows that they will do what the Lord wants them to do, then and utterly destroy the cities of these people if the Lord will deliver them, the King Arad and his people, the Canaanites, into their hands. So the Lord answers their prayers and they uh, they do what they promised unto the Lord. They destroyed the cities, they took back their captives. And then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, going around them and not fighting against them as the Lord commanded them. And then the people are speaking against Moses because they're going through some really rough land and some dry land. Why did you bring us here just to kill us, just to let us die? And the Lord sent fiery serpents again among the people. Uh, Not that he had sent them the first time. This was the first time he was sending them, but this was uh, again... Uh, and just another time when the people were rebelling against Moses and Aaron. So now the Lord sends fiery serpents and the, the people are dying because of these venomous serpents that when they bite people, it's like fire that's burning in their flesh and they're dying from the venom. 
and uh, venom is a very interesting thing. It uh, basically turns a lot of the the blood even into almost like jelly and uh, jello type things, and clogs the arteries and uh, promotes large amounts of swelling and inflammation and causes the body to have lots of problems with that. And so uh, Moses prays them to the Lord, and the people ask Moses to pray for them, and the Lord tells Moses to make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass when everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, it shall live. And so he is creating a symbolic thing here where when people look onto this pole and onto this tree or this thing and look at that serpent, that they shall look and the Lord will heal them. And this is a direct miracle that the inflammation and the swelling and the uh, blood problems that they're having from this venom will just go away. And it's an amazing healing miracle. And it's also symbolic of the Lord Jesus Christ, that if somebody looks and trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ, trusts that he paid the price on for their sin on the cross, and he was lifted up just as this fiery serpent was lifted up upon a pole, or brass serpent was lifted up on a pole, then people will trust in him and trust in his death and his payment for them and have faith in God, and he shall heal them. And that that faith in him, faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for his finished work on the cross heals them of their sins miraculously. It's just as much of a miracle as people being instantly healed from being bitten by a venomous snake. Now, uh, they go to these lands and they also fight against Sion, uh, king of Heshbon, and they fight against Og, king of Bashan, and they defeat them in battle on this eastern side of the land of Israel on the eastern side of Jordan. And then on in chapter 22, we see that Balak, the son of Zippor, king of the Moabites, sees what all the, uh, the things and how the defeat of Sion and of Og, and he looks at the children of Israel and sees and is very afraid of them. And so he sends unto Balaam, the son of Beor, who has some communication with the Lord and has uh, hears from God and hears the word that the Lord speaks unto him. And he says, and he sends unto Balaam and says, uh, we know that whom thou blessest is blessed and whom thou cursest is cursed. Come and curse me this people. He's asking Balaam to come and curse the children of Israel. But Balaam hears from God that you will not go with them. And so the princes and the elders return unto Balak and Balak sends more princes, more honorable people from the Moabites and asks again, come to us, curse this people for me. And the Lord says unto Balaam that night, uh, if the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, thou, that thou shalt do. And you won't speak against them if I tell you not to, but you will speak for them if I tell you. And so the Lord is saying unto Balaam and preparing him him to be ready to bless the people of Israel in the next parts of the chapters we'll see. And we'll look at that tomorrow. Now, in the book of Proverbs, we're going to read from chapter 11, verses 9, 10, and 11 today. And it says, An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth. And when the wicked perish, there is shouting. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. 
So an hypocrite, somebody who does something that is contrary to what he says or contrary to what he recommends other people to do. And it says, with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. And so how is this possible? How does this happen? Well, a hypocrite, somebody who makes recommendations or says things unto uh, somebody else, is putting undue expectations upon other people that they're not even willing to bear themselves. And so he is sometimes passing judgment on others and putting burdens upon others. And so that's not good to do, but it says through knowledge shall the just be delivered and through, through true knowledge, through true right expectations and the right things to do. When it goeth well with this, the righteous, the city rejoiceth. When the right people are uh, being uplifted and are being blessed, and those that do the right thing are still living well and having a good life, everybody's rejoicing. And when the wicked perish, they're shouting. When people that are doing wrong and are committing crimes, when are murdering or killing other people, perish and are taken away, it says there is shouting. Um, and so shouting for joy by those that are good and are right and are glad that justice is done, shouting even by the loved ones of the wicked themselves that any way there is shouting. It says, By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. By the blessing of the upright, the uh, so those that are doing the right thing and are blessing and praying for the blessings of the city that they live in, more blessings are poured out from God and the city is uplifted. The city is encouraged. The city is helped to grow and do the, do the right thing, but it's overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. The mouth of the wicked puts curses on things and uh, tries to destroy, tries to dissemble, tries to destroy unity of people. And so by that, and by separating people, by isolating them, by making them depressed, and by making them angry, and by making them fight and against one another and destroy one another, the city is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. We need to be somebody who has a mouth that speaks right things, that does the right thing, that prays for blessings upon our city and upon the people in it. Now, uh, in Luke chapter 1, we're going to read from verses 26 through 56 today. And that says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, whom it was called barren. But with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her.
And Mary arose in those days, and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias, and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice, and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy, and blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats, and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months, and returned to her own house. So, in yesterday's reading, we just saw that Gabriel had come to Zacharias and pronounced unto him the prophecy that his wife was going to conceive, and they were going to uh, bring to um, into the world John the Baptist, and he was going to be a Nazarite and prepare the way of the people for the Lord. Now Gabriel is coming unto Mary, and he salutes her with, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And she's wondering, what kind of salutation is that? What kind of greeting, what kind of uh, announcement is that to me? And uh, I'm just uh, I'm a woman, a handmaiden. And she is wondering about this, and she's probably pretty afraid of this Gabriel, this angel that has come unto her. It, what he, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, it says. And the angel said then unto her, uh, as most angels say to most people when they meet him, meet them for the first time, fear not, Mary. And so the, he encourages her and supports her and uh, gives her some confidence that he, she doesn't have to be afraid, but, and then blesses her and lets her know, thou hast found favor with God. And then gives her a prophecy, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give him unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, not just for one period of time, not just for one reign, but forever and of his kingdom thou shall be no end. And Mary is wondering at these things. She's wondering, how how can this be? And the first question is, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I, I'm still a virgin. I, I've never had uh, intimate relations with a man, and I'm not even married yet. And the angel answers her and says, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. It will be a fulfillment of prophecy. It will be a miracle. It's not something that needs to be naturally explained because it is supernatural. It is above nature. It is of God. It is not of this world. And so, and then he gives a prophecy to confirm this and that her cousin Elizabeth which was really old, also has conceived a son in her old age. With God, nothing is impossible. Mary then is wondering about this, and she says, 
Behold the handmaid of the Lord. She surrenders and she submits herself unto the will of the Lord. And the angel departs from her. Mary goes to Elizabeth to confirm this sign and this communication that she's heard from Gabriel. And she finds that Elizabeth is with child in the sixth month of her um, bearing the child. And the Holy Ghost, who's upon the, the babe in Elizabeth's womb, uh, then causes the babe to leap in her womb because the babe senses that Mary has come and that the mother of Jesus, the Messiah, is right and standing before him. And she spake out it with a loud voice, Elizabeth did, and blessed Mary. And then we see that as Mary uh, hears this from Elizabeth, Mary then magnifies the Lord. She praises the Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. I'm so in love with him. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. He hath regarded the low estate of his handmaid. And so we see here that Mary is a uh, is dedicated unto the Lord. She knows who God is. She trusts in the Lord. And she's not puffed up. She's not proud. But she's low. She's She has humility. She's humble. And then she declares unto God, praises him that he is mighty, that hath done to me these great things, and holy is his name. His mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm, and he hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. She is declaring that God has remembered his people Israel, and as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever, and Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. So Mary might have uh, been there and witnessed the birth of her second cousin, John the Baptist, uh, at this point. And this is just an amazing time and an amazing study of the Bible. Tomorrow we're, we will look into um, the birth of John the Baptist. And I look forward to studying with that as well with you tomorrow. Thanks once again for listening to the Walk With God podcast. If you have any prayer requests or praise reports, please email them to me at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com, and I'll be sure to pray for those. See you tomorrow for the next Walk With God podcast.